Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back once again with the Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans, the daily podcast covering the Houston Texans every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along my partner in crime. John, some sports guy Hickman, happy to be back with you guys on Wednesday, hump day. You know, always the best day of the week. Go out and enjoy a happy hour. I want to give kudos to the Locked On Texans followers on Twitter. You guys were very active on Tuesday. I asked a question, you know, whether or not we are, as a fan base, ready to move on from the Deshaun Watson saga, whether it be with the legal issues that he has going on or uh, just because the team may feel that they need to part ways and get what they can and start their process of creating a foundation of the new regime here in Houston. And with the legal battles, I just wanted to give you guys an update right now. There is 16 lawsuits against Deshaun Watson. Around 22, I believe, women have came out as of this time, uh, dating back to his Clemson day, but his lawyer, Rusty Harden, said in a statement that his firm has strong evidence showing that one of the lawsuits alleging sexual assault is false and that it calls into question the legitimacy of the other cases as well. Harden added that he believes any allegation that Deshaun forced a woman to commit a sexual act is completely false. After two more lawsuits were filed on late Tuesday afternoon, like I mentioned, there are now 16 filed by Houston lawyer Tony Busby, who was the original newsbreaker, if you will, on Instagram via an Instagram post against alleging sexual assault and inappropriate conduct. Um, as we mentioned, we're not going to make this a, a, you know, a Deshaun Watson theme. Uh, every other day or so, me and Cody will just give you guys an update on what's actually going on uh, over the next couple of days. I'm going to do my due diligence and researching and more than likely probably for maybe Friday show, Cody, we can get back just a little bit of what's going on, give you guys an update. However, let's not get caught up in what's going on negative to not see that Nick Serio is putting David Cully in a position to possibly succeed as a head coach here in Houston. Also, with free agency winding down, what positions the Texans may need to target in the draft that's coming up. And lastly, the Patriot way that Casario is kind of bringing here in Houston. You're getting low-risk, high-reward players just like his time in New England. And so those are the three discussions that are very important to discuss because, you know, the first one, Cody, David Culley and his possible success that he can have after – being a part of a confused time here in Houston, right? I mean, he gets hired, Nick Asirio gets hired, Deshaun Watson is pissed off. This is before we got the news that was possibly going on outside of football. Uh, promises were allegedly made. The fan base is mad. The players are mad. And we didn't really know what was what we were going to expect. Cody, you've been saying it for the longest, you know, even before I got on train that Nick Casario may be the guy that Houston needed the entire time against what they wanted. And it seems to be that. The very first thing that Casario and Cully did with one another was update and upgrade this coaching staff. Uh, James Devlin, Mike Devlin is gone. James Campion steps in. Robert Prince comes in for the wide receiver coach. They brought in coaches that have proven success in this league 
I think about Will Lowen. I think about on the defensive side, Lovey Smith, and what we're going to possibly see out of that 4-3 defense and cover two, Tampa two. Uh, and I think it'll play into the strengths of who they brought in. So overall, it's hard to imagine this roster now being possibly good without number four or a competent quarterback that we would expect to see either it's number four or we want a future star quarterback. And we know that Tyrod Taylor or Ryan Finley ain't it, but with the deals Casario has, you know, worked out for this franchise, reconstructing deals, getting some money back, getting them under the cap, signing quality players, making sure that year one, if it's going to be a struggle, then we don't have to struggle with everything, right? We can set ourselves up for the future for my head coach that we picked as, you know, Casario, the McNair family that they picked and with everything going on outside, I'm at least going to give my guy an opportunity to really show that he definitely deserves to be a head coach in the NFL for this team when everybody else said, what the hell are you guys doing? Stop it. You're making the huge mistakes. We're burning. We're burning jerseys. We're not going to games anymore. So on and so forth. Now looks like the perfect time to understand, Cody, that yes, David Cully may be set up for the future and he may have some success. And I think with everything going on, if you win six games your first year, with everything going on, I think that's a successful season. You get to seven and nine, six and ten, eight and eight around there. If you win more than what you won last year without Deshaun Watson, wouldn't that be considered a win? And John, to your point and listeners, I do want to mention that since taking over the job as the Texans new general manager, Nick Casario has made a little over 30 roster moves. And each and every one of them has some type of ties to either him in New England or to at least David Cully as the Texans new head coach. And it doesn't stop there. He is also bringing in guys who are the prototypical type of players who can excel in a coaching staff. On yesterday, John, you and I just finished talking about how great it is to have Lovey Smith here, especially when you consider the moves that he made with that linebacking core. Almost every single one of those linebackers can excel in that 4-3 defense we're going to see this season. However, when you take a look at the moves, it is fair to say that Nick Casario has placed David Cully in a position, giving him a really good opportunity to succeed as the Texans' new head coach. And this is a pretty big deal because just think back to the day David Cully was hired. And you look at the state of the Texans at that time. J.J. Watt was already out the door. Deshaun Watson was damn near out the door. There was turmoil left and right, especially the, the, the nonstop news surrounding Jack Easterby. This team was $20 million in a hole with hardly little to no draft capital. And a lot of fans, including myself, we all had the same idea. This is not a good situation for a first-year head coach, let alone a guy who has never been a coordinator in this league. However, when I take a look at the moves Nick Casario has made, he has done everything that he can to put David Cully in a position where he can succeed. And on Monday's installment of Locked On Texans, I talked about how the moves that we are seeing, especially on the offensive side of the ball, and we are starting to get a sense of the coaching philosophy David Cully wants to run, i.e. you take a look at the backfield with Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, David Johnson, 
having three quality running backs, it's no secret that David Cully is going to have this team running the football a lot in 2021, similar to the team that he just came from in the Baltimore Ravens. Plus, on yesterday, and I reported this on the Texans Wire, newly acquired wide receiver Chris Conley announced on his Twitch stream that David Culley was one of the main reasons why he decided to sign with the Houston Texans by stating that he is a big fan of the man that David Culley is and that he is a no-nonsense coach. And as a first-year head coach, David Culley already has two of the top qualities you want from any coach. That is, one, having a fair amount of respect from his players, and two, having the trust of your general manager. This is a guy who has waited a long time to become a head coach, and he deserves a true, fair opportunity, just like everyone else. And Nick Casario has placed him and most likely have given him that opportunity. And really quick for everyone to understand the relationship that Chris Conley has with David Culley. During Conley's first two seasons as a member of the Kansas City Chiefs, Culley served as Conley's wide receiver coach. Those first two years, Conley recorded 729 yards on 61 receptions. When Culley departed from Kansas City and went to Baltimore, Chris Conley production declined as he went on to record 509 yards on 43 catches in his final two seasons with the Kansas City Chiefs. Casario has a plan. No doubt about it. And I, and I gave reasons why on Twitter yesterday. I, I believe that reconstructing deals right for me that that means for, for me and how soon he got him done and by the way Whitney Merciless if you really care could you take that 12.5 and knock it down to at least seven give this team something to work with it's not like you're going to be playing this year really uh but maybe we'll see some version of Whitney Merciless that we, we like hopefully he won't be dropping back at all however but we he came in, got higher, right? And it seems like in the, in the amount of time he's he's been here, with no real capologist, how quickly did he get to work? Brandon Cook's deal got reconstructed, you know, moved on from JJ. All of these other deals gets gets reconstructed. A Larry Tunsil deal. Then he's making smart moves. It he it seems like he had been scouting maybe before he officially got announced and has been working. Since he got to Houston, has a plan, got the coach that he wants to execute it with, got the assistant coaches around. So even if there is going to be a young quarterback in the next two or three years, even with Tyrod Taylor, he has the quarterback coach in place. He has the offensive line coach in place. He has the wide receiver coach in place. Uh, Danny Baird, I think, you know, had success in this league, was with Houston last year. Uh, the offensive line was just piss poor at times, did not get to the second level and create a push for David Johnson and Duke Johnson. So he got a, a bad rap, but he's a good running back coach um, on the defensive side. All of these additions just make sense for an equally yoked uh, coaching staff. And I love it. And I really do. I think David Cully will have some success in the NFL. But first, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. Of course, we've been telling you about Bill Bar for a very long time now with the low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of the bars. Now it's time to find out which Bill Bar is the best with Bill Bar Madness. Today's matchup is cookies and cream versus coconut almond. I got to tell you, anything coconut is going to lose, in my opinion. We've been going back and forth uh, with the Locked On NFL group chat. 
But I will say that cookies and cream, that is a really delicious Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com or to at Built underscore bar on Twitter. Remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is L-O-C-K-15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who's won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. With NFL free agency slowly winding down, it is time for us to start shifting our focus from free agency to the NFL draft. And I believe the draft is everyone's favorite time of the year because you have at least seven opportunities <laughs> to improve your team with some young and much needed prospects. And as of right now, the Houston Texans still only have eight picks as we head closer to the 2021 draft. We do know somebody is on a trading block that can make that eight pick possibly go up to like 13, but I highly doubt that happens this year. However, the Houston Texans will begin making their selections in the third round. And John and listeners, when I take a look at the moves that Nick Casario has been making ever since he became general manager, I take a look at what he has done to the linebacking core. I take a look at what he has done with the offensive line. I also even take a look at what he has done in the backfield. And it's funny, John, and I brought this up on Monday, you and I came to an agreement that we knew the Texans were going to target a younger back. And you and I thought that they was going to draft a back during the NFL draft. However, with the signing of Philip Lindsay, I no longer think that's going to be the case. However, with that being said, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this Texans roster and I see that he has put together a, a pretty solid veteran squad, to say the least. However, there is one part of this team I feel Nick Casario did not put too much time and effort into when you talk about free agency when you talk about making trades and that's the secondary we all know how bad this secondary is and I do believe that is going to be the Texans primary target when they head closer to the NFL draft and when I look at this secondary and I look at what they have when you look at the cornerbacks and I look at what they have when you look at the safeties I believe the first two picks of the draft for the Texans is going to be a safety. And after Justin Reed went down and you also take into consideration everything that went on with Bradley Roby, that is part of the reason why the Texans secondary was so bad, especially when you got closer to the end of the season. And, and when I look at the safety position, John and listeners, that first pick, I wanted to be a strong safety because what I've noticed with Justin Reed, and I think this is part of the reason why every single year we have seen a decline in Reed, is because he, every single year, he is no longer paired with another quality strong safety. You take a look at his rookie year, which ironically is still his best season, in my opinion, the man was matched up with Honey Badger. Honey Badger moves on to the Kansas City Chiefs. You match him up with Tayshawn Gibson. Yeah, he's not Honey Badger, but at the end of the day, he was still better than what he was working with last season. 
Nick Casario has to find a way to pair Justin Reed with another strong safety. If you do that, that's going to improve Justin Reed play. If Justin Reed's play improve, that's going to improve the Texan secondary overall. I think Terrence Brooks will be the starting safety uh, aside of Justin Reed this season coming up. Spent time in New England the last couple of years. Before that, the New York Jets would be, I believe, 29, 30 this upcoming season. So he is of age. And if that's the position you want to get more younger and explosive at, I mean, by all means. But I am not sure of what Vernon Hargraves is going to do. Right. Bradley Roby is going to be suspended one game. I think with the resigning of uh, Bradley Roby and now with Houston, uh, who signed Terrence Mitchell at cornerback, played for the Browns last season. Gary Young Conley is still unsigned. And so right now we have a lot of younger players. John Reed, don't forget who we did not see get significant playing time last season. I'm not sure about that cornerback depth chart. Also, the addition of Desmond King, who played for the Titans last season. Uh, he will be a Houston Texan for this upcoming season. So projected, it'll be Desmond King, Bradley Roby, once he's done with his one-game suspension, and maybe Vernon at the nickel. Um, not necessarily sure, but I think if you have an opportunity to upgrade from Vernon, Bradley Roby, hell Desmond King and get younger and get better. If there's a player that you like at that first pick in the draft for yourself, Houston Texan, then you take him. I'm not sure on the cornerback at all. After the cornerback position, I would actually go right next to who the cornerbacks cover. And that's the wide receiver. Brandon Cobb is of age. Uh, as good as Chris Conley can possibly be, how long is he going to be a uh, foundation for Houston. They still need a foundation at, at that position. Kiki QT, the forever questionable question mark that he is. The only certainty player, the only player that I have uh, any type of certainty and surety in is Brandon Cooks for next season that I believe that can be a thousand plus yard receiver for this team. I am still waiting to see if Isaiah Kotler will be that type of player where he can be thrown in the mix and make plays for Houston consistently over the course of 16, 17 games. But I think the offensive line is good. I think the running back field uh, depth chart right now is good. The backfield is good. Um, but it will be the cornerback position for me. Also with that first pick, cornerback or receiver. However, Houston may not be sold on Brandon Dunn for next season at that tackle position for defense. Ross Blacklock, right? Any of those guys that wasn't drafted by Nick Casario and hasn't proven much, which I'm saying done, I'm saying Ross Blacklock, I'm saying Jonathan Grenard as well. On the defensive end, on that defensive front, they could go with a defensive front player with their first pick in the draft. I know I just said a lot of different things, but I, I think it's because I'm maximizing what I believe that they really need help on and minimizing the other areas. I don't think the running back position is a focus. I don't think the offensive line position uh, unit as a whole is a focus. I don't think the linebacker as a whole is a focus anymore. Uh, secondary at the cornerback depth chart, receiver, and I believe you can get some improvements up with the defensive front. I think William Bradley King as a super late round pick would be good for Houston as a project moving forward. Uh, long arms, athletic, 
can get after the quarterback. I like him as a player. I spoke to him before. He'd be a good addition with his athleticism. So I think we all can agree that the primary target is going to be upgrading the secondary, rather they go with a safety or go with a corner. But John, do you really think it would be in a Texans' best interest to use one of their draft picks on selecting a wide receiver? Because yes, Nicosiria has done a pretty fairly decent job at rebuilding this team but there's still a couple of holes that needs to be filled. And, you know, you just finished talking about the wide receiving core. I think this is going to be the year we see Kiki QT take that next step and become the Texans number two option if given the opportunity. And not only that, I'm not too sure if they would select a wide receiver high enough in the draft that will prevent them from becoming another project like what we saw in Isaiah Coulter. Yeah, but you know what, Cody, listeners, I think the good thing to actually look at is how many of these holes across this team are we less concerned about now after free agency? You know, that's a good thing. Like offensive line was still a concern. Um, Even when you look at the front seven as a whole, I don't think it was much of a concern as it was previously uh, before the free agency. I think the reason why we can agree on secondary is it was so bad last season. Injuries happened, and you have to prepare for that, right? And who they have on the roster is not going to is not going to cut it to really compete and win games if King goes down or, or, or Brooks and Mitchell goes down or Roby, you know, goes down after coming back from his suspension. Like we cannot have any more Philip game games for next season, and uh, and Vernon and Vernon Hargraves is not a number one corner. He's not he's not a CB one. He's not a CB two. I think he'd be great for Houston at that nickel position because of his speed. Uh, but they have to prepare themselves just in case something happens. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. With football being over, the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swing. BetOnline even covers award and TV shows and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts with promo code locked on. As we wrap up the show today, I want to take a moment and just take a look at once again Nick Osirio. There has been a lot of discussion talking about the Texans being the Patriot of the South. And yes, I understand the majority of that joke comes from the Texans going after the Patriots old personnel guys and then turning around and signing former players of the New England Patriots. However, with Nick Osirio here, The Texans have adopted one of the best qualities that made the New England Patriots a pretty good dynasty over the past two decades, and that's their ability to go out and get low-risk, high-reward players and bring them to their organization. 
And John, you remember a couple of weeks ago, Nick Casario was on Sports Radio 610, and he talked about his plan for free agency was to go out there and sign those mid to low tier free agent who has a lot to prove and give them a one or two year prove it deal. And that's exactly what he did. You take a look at a guy like Philip Lindsay. You take a look at a guy like Jordan Jenkins. Those are just a small example to showcase that if it works out for the Texans, then great. Possibly they could have a long career here in Houston, but if not, you can cut them, you can trade them, you can do whatever they, whatever you want with them, and it's not going to hurt this organization too much. Yeah, I think of guys like Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan overperformed in New England. Wes Welker, before he got to New England, was a you know he was a good receiver, but the connection between Brady and Wes at that slot position was just you know phenomenal. I, I think of. I think of guys that have success in New England and don't have success anywhere else. Like Trent Brown just got back to New England. He struggled when he was going. Uh, Jamie Collins is another guy. Uh, Kyle Van Noy was another guy. Got that big contract in Miami, and now he is back with the New England Patriots. So I like it because there's two, two guys that stand out to me on the offensive side and the defensive side. Malik Collins, I think – He's a low-risk, high-reward player. And Philip Lindsay for one year, $3.2 million, that's going to set him up for the future because if you ball out in Houston at the age of 26, next season when they don't have to worry about readjusting the cap and they're going to have more money to use, you're going to be back. You're going to be back. They're going to take care of you. They're going to be able to take care of guys like Lindsay, like a Collins, if they come here and do their job and succeed at their position. So on both sides of the ball, I love it. Even when you look at Marcus Cannon, right? He's been injury prone in the last few seasons, banged up, low risk, right? I mean, we're not paying that much for you, you know? But there could be a high reward there for Houston, and that could help set the foundation and do many other things. Um, and, I, and I like what they're doing. He, he got here, it almost seemed like he was scouting this team before he got here. And, and, and I, I love it. I think fans should understand that the games that he has been playing with these one-year deals, two-year deals, are just simply to see who's going to be here in the next six years. Because he has his job for six years. Unless something happens and he's fired, and Houston did not fire Rick Smith through bad seasons, right? And, and the only reason why Bill O'Brien, who took on that GM role after Brian Gain got fired, which, you know, that was that situation, was, you know, because just 18 to, to 24 months of just bad, bad decisions. Bob McNair stepped away, then ultimately passed away. So they have, they have the general manager. He is setting the quote-unquote Patriot way, but let's not call it that. Let's not look at it like that. Let's just look at it like he's setting this team up for success in the future by seeing who he can keep around, who can be coached up to get to another level in their game. So the things that we worry about, like we just discussed, we don't have to address them so quickly if we have players filled in at those positions. I'm John some Sports Guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnTexans and like us on Facebook. Let's get the conversation going. Whatever's on your mind, tweet us. We'll be back with you.
And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.